0: The question in Pittsburgh right now is the offensive struggles more to do with offensive coordinator Matt Canada or quarterback Mitch Trubisky. We'll talk about it today on Steeler Country. All right, welcome to Steeler Country. I am Tony Serino, Today on the show, we are going to break down the Steelers' loss to the New England Patriots. The Steelers lose their home opener 17-14. to It was about as ugly as I think a lot of people expected going in. Uh, but, of course, the offensive struggles now have a lot of Steelers fans wondering what is going on out there and is it time for a change at quarterback or perhaps is the issue offensive coordinator Matt Canada because, let's be quite honest, Steelers fans, offensively, Doesn't look a whole lot different stylistically from what we've seen in years past. We'll talk about all that today on the show. Thank you all for watching or listening today. Of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, but you'd rather have this as an audio show, you can find this show wherever you find podcasts, search Steeler Country. And of course, if you're listening to this in audio format, you'd rather watch me live on YouTube, head on over to YouTube, search for Steeler Country with Tony Serino, hit that subscribe button, make sure you turn on the notification bell, you'll be alerted when I go live weeknights, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, usually between 5 and 6 p.m. Eastern time. All right, let's get into it. Steelers lose 17-14. What a difference a week makes. A week ago this time, boy, it was nothing but celebration in Pittsburgh as the Steelers had knocked off the Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, gave them a kind of rude awakening into life after becoming AFC champions. But I think the rude awakening for Steeler fans is this week is boy, this offense is uh, is just not very good. But the question really is, why isn't it any different? And I think that's that, to me, is, is the crux of the Matt Canada versus Mitch Trubisky argument. Because I know I've seen this going around. You know, Canada's not exactly scheming guys open, but Mitch is missing open receivers, yada, yada. Look, I think the, to me, the question here, Canada versus Mitch, who's to blame for what's happening with the Steelers? On offense, it's pretty clear to me. Why does it got to be one? Why can't it be both? Can't we just sit here and say Matt Canada is not doing a great job as offensive coordinator of this football team? The Steelers aren't doing a great job of schematically getting guys into the into the right spots. But also, Mitch Trubisky is not doing a great job of being a quarterback in the National Football League and getting the ball where it needs to go on time and accurately. And so when I see you know oh, oh Matt Canada. You know, the thing with, with the blaming of Matt Canada, I said this last week on the show, and I'll reiterate it again today. You know, we we as fans kind of ran Randy Feekner out of town. You know, two years ago, Randy's got to go. Then he's in the middle of the field, everything's catch and run, everything's short, yada yada, right? All the reasons why Randy had to go. And and you know, I, I didn't dis- I I still today, to this day, do not disagree with the fact that the Steelers let Randy Feekner go two years ago. Then they brought in Matt Canada. No one was more excited about Matt Canada than I was. I was all in. I made a video here on the channel. I got all the, you know, over on the wall over there. I got all the, the gear hanging up for Matt Canada. I was hyped. I thought this was going to be a, a brand new offense in Pittsburgh. And when it wasn't a year ago, we all kind of as Steve and said, okay, well, maybe maybe it's Ben, right? You you're not going to change up your entire offensive philosophy. Schematically, you're not going to change everything just because you got in this 39 year old quarterback. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's, it's Ben's last year. So like, well, why would you change things up? So maybe next year when they get a new quarterback, that's when things will change. And now here we are today. New quarterback. Mike Tomlin has the opportunity here. Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, this entire organization. Life without Ben. What do you want it to look like? Whole new world for you. You can pick whatever quarterback you want. You can run whatever offense you want. The world is your oyster, right? It could be. It could be anything. And I think the most disappointing thing to me is, oh, it's the same stuff. Oh, what you want to be is actually the same thing you've been for the last three years. Great, cool. That's why I, I really can't get on Canada too much. I mean, he's not. By the way, Matt Canada's not a good, not a good offensive coordinator. Do not get me wrong here. When I'm when I'm saying like I don't put a lot of blame on Canada because I do think that offensively the style of offense that I think this organization wants to run right now is very safe. It's very much, hey, don't screw it up for us. We're going to win things defensively. And that certainly will tie your hands a little bit. But at the same time, Matt Canada is not doing a great job of scheming guys open, even given, I think, the limitations with with which he's working. But, man, how disappointing is it that, like, you know, we spent all offseason wondering, oh, what's Matt Canada going to do with this offense? What could it be? Mitch Trubisky comes in. Like, can they rejuvenate his career? Yada, yada. And then it's oh, it's all the same things we were we've been talking about for the last three years. Oh, it's it's still a lot of a lot of it's short of the sticks. A lot of it's want to be catch and run stuff. It's, we're never using the middle of the field. Nope, 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 nope. All, absolutely off limits in the city of Pittsburgh. Thrown over the middle of the field. It's all the same stuff that quite honestly we were saying during Randy Fichtner's tenure. That's why for me, you know, we we'll we'll talk in a second about what I think Matt Canada does really poorly. Uh, as a, as an offensive play caller and and from a schematic standpoint, when it comes to challenging defenses and how modern offenses challenge the modern defense and how you scheme guys open and what, and what can his deficiencies are, but then it's, you know, with with Mitch, I just keep coming back to this idea of why did you sign Mitch? If you were going to run this offense, if the, if the offense was going to be risk averse, Hey, don't screw anything up. Just kind of go out there, take what the defense gives you make sure it's on time and accurate and, you know, give your guys a chance. Why did you sign Mitch Trubisky to be that guy? I understand he's athletic and and Mike Tomlin a year ago was all in on wanting an athletic quarterback, but that is, but as far as being on time and accurate and kind of play within yourself and don't make mistakes, that's not who Mitch is. If you were going to put Mitch Trubisky at quarterback and kind of let him do his thing, for me, the exciting part about that is, oh, they're not going to be so risk averse. They're going to have to take some chances because, boy, if you're putting Mitch back there and you're letting Mitch be Mitch, like, yeah, sometimes Mitch, Mitch is going to make you want, you Mitch is going to make your head explode. So that that that's to me. But Mitch is, I mean, Mitch right now is, boy, th- this guy is, is just off his game entirely. I, I would struggle today to give you three things I think Mr. Risky is doing well. And I, I think Mike Tomlin would do the same. To be quite honest with you, when he was asked, when Tomlin was asked in his post game press conference about Mitch Trubisky and what he's doing well, he said, "Oh, it's all the off the field stuff. You know, leadership, communication, controlling the huddle, yada yada." Yeah, like does he? But like, but would you say he throws the ball well? Is he reading defense as well? Is he <laughs> is he aggressive enough? Like, what about those things, Mike? Uh, what what would you say Mitch does well on the football field? Uh, not a whole lot. Yeah, I, you know, now this idea, this idea, though, that I think has been running around Steeler Twitter for the past 24 hours, this idea that that Mitch is just missing open guys, like this idea that, that this offense has guys just running free, baby. I mean, wide receivers are just, oh, my goodness. There's 50-yard touchdowns to be had left, right. You'll miss one here, miss one there, miss one here, miss one. That's not true. This is classic, like, take a screenshot of the play after the quarterbacks released the football, and look, this guy was open. But that's, again, and Kazora did a better job breaking this down than I'm going to do today because I don't have the All-22 in front of me. I can't put it up on the screen. Although tomorrow night, if I have time tomorrow night after I get done recording AFC North Talk, I think I do want to do a live stream here on the channel breaking down every single play offensively. I think I'm gonna, I think tomorrow night, maybe like 9, 9.30 uh, Eastern time. Check back here because I think I'm going to try and do a live stream just looking at every offensive play. Every play offensively, we we'll just break it down uh, piece by piece. Because I think a lot of the the... Kind of screenshots that are going around are like, oh, look, he missed, you know, he missed, what was it, the Pickens on the, cro- the cross crosser play. The problem with that play, guys, is it's, t- yeah, I mean, Pickens comes open. Pickens comes open like four seconds after the ball is snapped, you know. The, the problems for Mitch Trubisky isn't that, you know, he's, he's kind of not seeing guys who are open four seconds after the play. That's, court, that's quarterback stuff that Mahomes and Allen and those guys will do because they extend the play, right? They're so good out of structure, and that, you know they can, they can manipulate the pocket and keep their eyes down, field, and all that stuff. I mean, if our expectation is that Mitch Trubisky is going to see that stuff, we're just holding him to a standard that is impossible for him to reach. I'm more worried about does Mitch read the defense correctly? Does he understand what the defense is giving him? And then does he understand from a play-to-play basis where he needs to go with the football? Because on plays like that, like the plays we're talking about when it comes to Mitch, especially that crossing play, he actually makes the right read. That's cover three, meaning single high safety and the two corners on the outside are essentially going to be in a a man-to-man type situation. So the middle of the field is closed on that play. Right, You have the two crossers come. Neither guy gets open. There is a tight window throw to be made potentially by Mitch Trubisky there. But at the end of the day, if he's reading middle of the field closed and we're running crossers in the middle of the field, he, he can't go the the play the ball just can't go to the middle of the field. It has to be checked down. It has to go to a check down there. So I I I will disagree with with a lot of the points being made of like you know Mitch is just missing. He's missing There's open guys. Look right, he's missing them all. Ah, uh, I don't. I I'm not seeing that on tape. Certainly, I, I that that's not the case now. Are there throws that he needs to make? Are there plays that he needs to make? Oh, that? Yes. There are tight window throws that I would love to see Mitch Trubisky start making in this offense. Because why in the world did this team draft George Pickens, who is capable of the spectacular as we saw for four weeks out in the Trobe? Why did they draft him if they're not going to give him a chance? at, at, at those kind of plays. Why are they putting Chase Claypool in the slot? If they're, if this team has no intention of using the size advantage that he's going to have over nickel uh, players in this league, I mean, how many times have we seen Chase Claypool running down the seam against cover two, when they're going to, they're going to try and fit a ball in there in between the, the linebacker and the safety and let him come down with what would be a combat catch, but, a, but a combat catch that he can come down with. Cause he's not bodied up against a six, three or six, two corner. He's bodied up against a five, eight guy where he can easily come down with that catch. Why, again, that that's the stuff that I, I don't really understand. All the talent the Steelers have accumulated, and their best play right now offensively is what? It's a comeback route to Deontay because Deontay is an unbelievably good route runner, and he can, he can get himself open on that play consistently, and that's basically their best play. But anything challenging down the field in this game? Nope, nope. Now, I'll put that on Mitch. Mitch has to take his chances down the field. The only question I have... Is is he being coached not to? Is the idea with this offense, because again, it seems so risk-averse again. Everything is, oh, don't throw interceptions, no turnovers. Does does this offense consider those 50-50 balls down the sideline to be too risky to even attempt? Because they didn't do any in this game. And as I talked about last week on this show, I thought that would be a big part of this week, is having these guys in one-on-one. You're going to get a lot of single high, and you're going to get a lot of man-to-man. And so you're going to have opportunities to let these guys go up there and make some plays for you. And instead, we saw none of that. Now, Tomlin said after Tomlin was asked about this afternoon, why were there no deep shots? Why? And he said, well, we knew the, the Patriots were going to be very good at slowing down splash plays. Okay, that may be the case, but at least give, I mean, Jalen Mills is a good corner. I will agree with that. And Devin McCordy's one of the best safeties in the league, even at his age. But give your guys a chance. Once again, why is Chase Kleeful out there? Why is George Pickens out there? How, let, me ask you, let me ask you guys this question. How much worse would this offense be today? How much worse would the offense, as it is conceived and as it is run right now, with what we've seen through two weeks, how much worse would they be if Danny, if, if you just had three Danny Amendolas out there? If you could clone Danny Amendola and just put Danny Amendola at two outside and, and in the slot, how much worse would this offense be what is this offense asking their receivers to do that a guy like Danny Amendola couldn't do and so why is it then that they why did you draft George Pickens what was the point we're not even going to give our we're not going to give George Pickens one-on-one situations on the football field we're not going to give him a chance I mean I'll agree that there was the one back shoulder that Mitch airmailed. that Mitch's accuracy right now is just I mean He's like a broken quarterback at this point. After he threw the pick, it did seem like it, that kind of broke him. It did. And I don't – look, the question – I can't get in the locker room. I can't hear what Mike Sullivan's telling him. I can't hear what Matt is telling him. I can't hear what how Tomlin is telling this offense to be. But it did feel like, you know, this is a guy who's out there who feels like, you know, he's fighting for his life or fighting for his job and he doesn't want to screw it up. And so after he threw the pick, he's like, yo, never again am I throwing anything even close to a defender. Not even close. And I'll be honest with you guys. I thought, the, I thought the interception was his best throw. And I know that sounds stupid because, boy, it was right to the defender. But those are the kind of throws that I would much rather see Mitch trying to make. Yeah, it's a it's a bad read because I don't think he even saw that linebacker. But at the end of the day, that's a throw that when, on the backside dig after play action, where you have the hook defender there, if he probably waits a beat or two, and he could look it off, like if Mitch could actually look that defender off, and then wait and then and, and have Deontay come across because the other hook defender there has his back turned to the ball. So he's not looking at Mitch. He's not going to see Mitch throw it. He's not going to come around, right? This isn't Madden where you got the super linebackers going to turn around and intercept the ball. So if you if you have Deontay come across and cross that uh that hook defender, you could potentially make a tighter window throw there down the football field. But you know, Mitch doesn't want to Mitch threw that pick. And again, I might sit here and say I'd rather him try to make those kind of plays, those kind of you know, tighter window type throws. But I think to Mitch, it was just, uh, he just didn't see it. I mean, let's be honest. He probably just didn't even see that defender. So all oh, my whole breaking it down, always, oh, he was probably just a little early. And if you had waited from the cross, yeah, I don't think Mitch saw any of that crap, to be quite honest with you. I think he just, he, he went backside dig. I'm throwing this the whole way. His eyes came up from the play action. He just went, throwing it. And oh, wait, there's a defender sitting right, right where the ball is going. Oopsies. um, so, yeah, the other thing, though, with Matt Canada, I think the conceptually watching this offense, I mean, it is like watching – you could go down to your Friday night – on Friday nights, go down to your local high school, and you will see more creative play concepts than what the Steelers are doing. I mean – and once again, I'll give credit to Cazora here because he did a great breakdown of this, but he didn't even talk about all the plays that I'm seeing. How many times did he run friggin' mesh in this game? It is, You know, Matt Canada, just whenever he just – Whenever he's getting bored, is I'm gonna hit run. I'm gonna run mesh again. I'm gonna run mesh. Let's run mesh again. For those of you who don't want, don't know what mesh is, mesh is the idea that your the two receivers are essentially gonna run opposite side crossers, right? It's a good play against man because you can get the two defenders, um, you can get the two defenders to you know to essentially pick play one another. It's it is the staple. It is an absolute staple. Has been a staple of this offense, probably back to Haley, but certainly in the Fiechner era. on like third and six. Third and six. Here comes the crosser. It's Deontay in third and six. We're gonna throw a short of the six and hope he makes the play. It's the play that got Juju absolutely roasted against Von Bell in that uh, Monday Night game two years ago. It was like, here comes the crosser, and Von Bell sat on it the whole way, and just, bam, you know, Juju fumbled. You, we're running mesh a million times in this game. The flip play. They just can, the thing about the flip play, can he? Can can we? Can okay. If you're going to run the flip play and you're going to run mess this many times, right? If if your playbook is going to be this limited, at least run variations off of it, right? Show one thing and do another. Off the flip play, try to do some sort of like, all right, you think we're going flip and actually, you know, Fryman's going on a seam route or something, some kind of creativity so that when a defense thinks they know what they see, oh, you think we're going here. We're actually, you think we're doing X, we're going Y. But instead it's like, nope, we're just going X again. We line up in this formation. This motion comes, and we're running mesh. And the other thing with with Canada is that it's it was so easy for Belichick in this game, especially by the end of it, to get Canada into poor hot reads. Well, get Mitch really into poor hot situations. Meaning that there are situations in football where the protection is just not going to be there. You know, you're gonna you're gonna end up in a situation where you got five you got five blockers, and they're bringing six. So you got to slide the protection in one way, and then you and you got to go to your hot, your hot read, you know, because someone's coming free. So I, just, I need to know where's the protection, where's my protection sliding to, and where do I need to go with the football immediately? And Belichick did a, such a great job at the end of that game of realizing, oh, if I show zero, they're checking to Najee. The hot is Najee every time. Every time, if I show zero, if I show any sort of pressure, the hot is Najee. So the last, how many throws at the end of the game was it? Just Najee, 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 Najee. The one to Judon was actually not even that bad. It was still it was they showed zero, and Mitch went right to Najee, and it wasn't actually a bad play if he actually could put it out there. But Mitch's accuracy is, I mean, it's it's gone. <laughs> it's non-existent actually. I, sh- I shouldn't say gone because it's actually just non-existent. So yeah, I mean you know. The whole Kenny stuff, and you know, they were, were, I know they were chanting Kenny, and and when Kenny comes in, I just hope, I just hope with this offense, I would rather see before Kenny comes in, before we start talking about the Kenny stuff, because the Kenny stuff's going to get real loud after Thursday if they lose that game. And all of a sudden, Tomlin's going to have to start thinking about it, because if you're going to do Kenny 10 days, 10 days to prep it, going up against the Jets at home, that's a pretty good situation to put Kenny into. But if you don't do it now, then you're going into that stretch of, Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, Philly. I mean, do you want to put you know, do, do you want to subject Kenny to like your first game? Hey, by the way, Kenny, your first game is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and their defense, or what Philly's got going on right now. You know, I just I, I don't think you do. Your like, primetime game against Miami in Miami. Is that is that gonna be Kenny's first start? Feels like if Mitch is gonna get benched, it's gonna happen after Thursday night, or it's not gonna happen until the bye week. And so you know, for I know I was very harsh last week when I talked about the whole Kenny Pickett thing and don't talk about Kenny. I mean, you could talk about Kenny now because it's it's either gonna happen now or it's gonna happen in like six or seven weeks. But the thing I'd love to see before it happens, let Mitch Trubisky be Mitch Trubisky. Tell Mitch Trubisky, go out there and just make the throws. Make the throw you want to make. Don't worry about oh, what if it's what what if it's intercept? Oh no, what if I make a mistake? Who cares? I, would you rather, Steelers fans, would you rather have lost Sunday's game the way you did, where the offense was unbelievably conservative and Mitch was terrible, or would you rather go out there and lose because Mitch threw three or four interceptions and it's like, well, at least they, you know, they were throwing the ball down the field, but, you know, Mitch just screwed it up the other way. Because to me, I, we've been watching this for three or four years. Like, I, I kind of know what this team's going to be if they keep running this style. And I certainly know the ceiling on this team. Because, like. You know, is this style of football, even if you put out the best quarterback who could run this this style, this kind of dig a dunk, nothing, nothing, never anything that's any sort of risk. Can you beat the Chiefs that way? Can you beat the Bills that way? Can you beat these? Can you beat these teams consistently? I mean, are they really gonna win football games that way? I, I just, you know, I would much rather, and look, I know gambler Tony talking here, but I'd much rather they go out there and just take your chances, man. Take your chances. You know, try to fit the ball in, in into some windows. Give your guys a chance to make spectacular plays. This team is so loaded at wide receiver with talent. Let those guys do their work. I want to check the comments here because I, I do. Before we get off of this, I do want to. Um, I do want to get you guys' thoughts on this. All right, George says maybe Mitch is just being too careful, as stressed by the coaches to be. I I, I do think, I do think that. There's a part of that, yeah. I mean, i I think that part of Mitch being as safe as he is is, yeah, the coaching staff that is that is it seems to be every time you hear Tomlin talk, it is about it's it's there's this there's this extra stress emphasis on not turning the ball over, being safe with the football offensively. And so you know we have a quarterback like Mitch who, you know, look, the guy, the guy will be a turnover machine. If you really let him loose, he will. We know that about him, but this version of Mitch ain't getting you anywhere. So you kind of got to, you got to find a happy medium. there. Uh, no limit says, did you watch the Ben podcast? I did. They say the system doesn't fit us. Yeah. Merrill Hodge went on this big rant about how the Canada scheme doesn't fit the players. And, you know, it's just like, you want to run one thing and they want, you know, and the players fit another, but you know, I'll go to this with Canada, with the Canada scheme. Where's all the shifts in motion? Where's all the play action? I mean, th- this team with Ben Roethlisberger ran what like five, seven percent play action? This year, they're, they're how much play action have they run this year? I mean, is it is it is it even over 10? Is it like 12% play action this year? Wasn't this what wasn't the whole idea of Canada going to be that they were, you know, that they were gonna move the pocket a lot? A lot of it was gonna be off stuff's gonna be off of play action, would be a lot of shifts and motions and whatnot. I mean, I will agree that stylistically, the kind of behind the line of scrimmage catch and run stuff when you never attack downfield right when you when you have these these playmakers like pickens and, and deontay and claypool and you're never attacking downfield and everything you want to do is short of the sticks or catch and run stuff you just emphasize say you just emphasize everybody to come down come on down everybody let's make plays behind the line of scrimmage and that's what they do that's what defenses do to this team right now so I will agree with Merrill in some ways that yeah stylistically what Canada's trying to do now I, it shouldn't be said that Canada's never trying to throw like that his play designs are never down the football field. It just seems like Canada calls these plays thinking the coverage is going to be one thing, right? Like, like that, that the crossing play back to Pickens, if they're in cover two there, if if it's too high and you, call, and they called that play the crosser with Pickens and Deontay, I mean, then I think Mitch is making that throw and it's, you know, we're sitting here happy today, but the Patriots sat in cover one and you didn't have a cover one beater or, you know, they sat in three with one single high, I should say, and you didn't have, you didn't have a single high beater. You had a you had a check down on that play. So again, it's the two things, you know, in tandem here, like I'd love to see them call that play against cover two and see if Mitch is actually making that throw, because if he's not making that throw, what's the point of calling it? Then it's, then I think it is on Mitch, but the couple times they called that play, it was both against single high. And so, okay, against single high, you're not, you're not making that throw. So, yeah, at the end of the day, Trubisky makes the right read, which is just check it all down. Uh, Bobby says the Steelers are going to be one in seven. All right, we're not. We're not going to go there yet. We're not going to go there yet. We're not going to go there yet. But <laughs> um, Darwin says it's Mitch. It's not Canada. Mitch has the ball in his hand. Look, both guys are to blame. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think you can sit here today and say. That Matt Canada is scheming this 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 offense that would be this you know they would just be moving the ball if they had a different quarterback. I mean, I certainly I think Kenny would be better, right? Because I I don't think Canada's offense would be a would be a highly successful offense, but I do think that another quarterback could get more out of it. Even if I don't think this offense would ever be like a top ten type of deal with with the way that it's called right now. Until this thing wants to until they want to start pushing the ball down the field until this this offense is is ready to start taking some risks you know you could put kenny out there kenny will be better but i I don't know that we're going to sit here today uh tomorrow when, when kenny is in the game talking about boy this offense is you know it's night and day from mitch to to kenny um all right yeah let's uh Let's go through. Um, we'll we'll talk about the the Mitch stuff later, or we'll continue talking about the Mitch stuff later. But I do want to talk about the running game real quick. I had to take last week: the whole Najee versus Jalen Warren thing, where I said, you know, I think that what I, what I said at the time was, I think that Jalen is a better fit for the running game as it is today, because the offensive line is just not. This is just not. It's not good as far as giving Najee clear lanes to run through. And so this is an offense where as a runner, you kind of just got to take what the defense is giving you at times. You know, you can't be bouncing everything outside. This cannot be an, this is not going to be an offense where you're going to, you're going to take what looks like a three yard run and turn into a 10 or 15 yarder. That's just not what's happening with the, with the way that the defenses are playing the Steelers and the way that the Steelers up front are blocking it. And so for, for Najee, look, I know all the clips are running around. You know, there's, there's a couple of them, certainly. Triassic started it. Where was like, yo, what's going on here? How did Najee not just hit this hole? I, I Again, it goes back to the, my original point. I think for Najee, the problem for him is that he want, he he is a great back, and he will eventually be a great back. But in this offense, you can't be a great back. You just have to be good. You know, you're, at the end of the day, like he's going to accumulate 1,000 yards if he just takes the three or four yards that he can push the pile into, he does a great job when he's open space. Like there, there are so many times, and yet you know he he had a decent stat line in this game because there are still times where they're they're able to get him in those kind of situations where he's one on one. If 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 you can get Najee in a situation where it's it's him versus defender, I love Najee's chances to break that tackle and and, and get the extra yards. But in this case, when it's Am I kicking this outside to try and to try and get myself in that situation versus I just there's a crease and if I get there I can probably get three and a half four. At this point I'd rather Najee just take the three and a half or four because every time he kicks it out it's like all right well yeah, yeah but think about that third and one play the third and one play where if he just hits the hole it's 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 a first down but he kicks it outside because he thinks he can beat the defender to the edge he does end up beating the defender to the edge but I mean he converted that first down by a millimeter getting to the outside too much of that. Too much of that for Najee right now. Again, you know, the whole like, he's a, he's a, I think that we've gone too far with this take now. It is funny how I, I talked about this on Thursday last week and we've immediately gone to like Najee was a bad pick. Najee was not a bad pick. Najee will be fine. This offensive line will eventually get itself figured out within his contract. And in that case, Najee's going to be a very, very good running back. Do not get me wrong here. Najee is a very talented player and he will be a very good running back in this league. But for what the Steelers need him to be right now, he's he's he is trying too much. If he were, if you could flip his style with Trubisky style, like if you could swap their mentalities, I think I think this I think this team would be better for it. Um, so, yeah, it, you know that's that's where I am with the running game. Oh, offensively overall, I mean it's it, it is it is a disaster. You know the fact that we're kind of I think it, w- what says it all is the fact that we are arguing. And there are good points I think being made on both sides about who's more to blame for this offense, the offensive coordinator or the quarterback. I mean that says it all. N- you know, it's it one guy cannot overcome the other. <laughs> you know, I don't think if you had a good offensive coordinator in there with Mitch that he would be that much better because again his accuracy, his timing is still just I mean all over the place. But once again, I think with with Canada and the offense that he the way that he's designed this offense. I don't think that even if you put in a better quarterback that this turns into any sort of offense that we're going to have a ton of fun watching. It'll be better. It would certainly be better. Mitch is missing too many throws. There's too many times he's are just freaking late with the ball. But, yeah. I, I, yeah. I All right. I've said enough of the offense. Going over the defensive side, um, I thought the defense was fine in this game. It was, though. Boy, everything I talked about as far as the Patriots and how I thought that they were going to attack this Steeler defense. Boy, was I. I mean, that was. Wrong, wrong. I thought they were going to come out in a lot of twelve and attack this Steeler defense, and they did not. You, know, they ran basically from a style perspective. They basically ran the same stuff that they were running against Miami. It did make me feel, you know, I talked about it last week with the coaching, the coaching mismatch, right? The coaching, the coaching advantage that the Steelers had, but and it's true. I mean, I wasn't wrong there. But the does 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 Matt Patricia and Joe Judge actually scout? Like, do they know how they can attack and and how they can have success on a week to week basis? Or are they just running plays? They're just like, well, we're just gonna run a play today. I don't care what the who are we playing? What are they gonna run? Don't care. These are the plays I want to run today. You know, it I just felt like I, you got a team. You got a team in the Steelers that is down TJ Watt. They played hundred snaps, and you are a you are a twelve personnel type team that has a a very good running game and a Mac Jones that is struggling right now. Give that a shot. And they're like, no, we're sitting in shotgun. We're sitting in shotgun. We're going to be a little pass happy today. And we're going to try and hit these crossers all day against against the man-to-man defense the Steelers ran. And, I mean, you know, they had limited success. Certainly, I don't think this was a dominant performance from the Steelers defense. But I don't think that the Steelers were really trying to go out there and be, I don't want to say they weren't trying to be dominant, but they weren't aggressive. Let's put it that way. It wasn't like the Steelers were going out there being aggressive and coming at Mac and saying, like, you know, we're going to we're gonna force you into bad throws or whatnot. They they did the whole, and and this has been a staple in, in Pittsburgh for a little while now. There are certain quarterbacks that when the Steelers defense faces them, they give them no respect. I mean, they, they're like, we don't think you can do anything. So we're going to sit back. We're going to play man. We're going to rush four and y- try us let's see what happens. And that's what that really was the game plan with Mac. Because when they did you know they didn't have TJ Watt. So you knew that you knew that the it was going to be tougher to get pressure in this game. And I don't think it was a shock to anyone early on. I was like, "Boy, they're not really getting pressure with 4 this time." Well, yeah, they they don't have <laughs> their defensive player of the year, edge rusher. And so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be much more difficult for this team to win and to get the kind of one-on-ones that they were getting prior to. Because you know, it's not just like the the they're not chipping on one side. They're not sliding protection to one side. I did think that the the, the left guard there, Cole Strange, played a uh, played a, a decent game against Cam because um, you know Cam didn't really make his his presence felt early on. They they did a lot of moving pieces on that defensive line again, but this time it was it, they did this thing at times where they were putting a D lineman at edge. They did it with with Hayward. They did it with Leal. Thought that was kind of intriguing. They really don't blitz, though. I mean, I think the the blitz percentage through two weeks for the Steelers is something like eight percent, which is crazy low. Now, some of that is probably scheme related or, or a matchup related, I should say, not scheme related. It, it, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they didn't want to blitz early on to Joe Burrow because they knew that you're just going to give him easy reads, and they didn't want to give him easy reads. And considering what we know through two weeks, that was a very good choice on on Tomlin's part or uh, Terrell Austin, whoever it was that made the decision. And then in this game, again, I think that they just had no respect. They just had no respect for, for Mac Jones and what they were going to do offensively in the passing game. They hit some decent plays. I, I think the one thing, you know, Levi got, got picked on a little bit, as did Aquilo uh, in man. Akillo had the one down the sideline to Nelson Aguilar where – I'm not going to get on, I'm not going to get on a killer for that play. Like, I'd like for him to high point the ball. I'd like for him to get his hands on it. But I don't think that wasn't bad coverage. And Nelson Aguilar, when was the last time you saw Nelson Aguilar, of all people, make that kind of play? Just straight up Mossed him. When was the last time you saw that? Maybe never. So, you know, if it again, as I said during the game, if they're going to win, like if they're going to win offensively, Like with Nelson Aguilar mossing dudes who are all over him. Okay, you win. You know, I just wish. See, here's the thing that that pisses me off as I think about it. When did George Pickens even get the opportunity? When did Chase Claypool even get the opportunity? When did Deontay Johnson even get the opportunity to make that kind of impact in this football game? Because you got Mac Jones and Nelson Aguilar going up against this Steeler defense with, with Minka Fitzpatrick. And like, we're throwing up, yeah, we're going to throw up 50-50 balls against you. you. And and the Steelers offense is going, no, 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 we don't, we're, nope, we don't do that here. No, 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 thank you. No, thank you. That's the frustrating part. I think by the end of the game, you know, it it was kind of, it's kind of obvious how the game was going to play out after the offense went three and out twice in a row. Is that, okay, here's where conditioning is going to come in. You know, at some point in the game, it felt like, boy, if this offense doesn't do anything, this defense is going to tire out. I mean, you, you they they will have essentially played three and a half games through two weeks, considering that they've played now 162 snaps through two games. And that's exactly what happened. That six minute drill, I mean, it sucked to watch because it's, you know, there's there's no worse feeling in the world than watching your defense just kind of get mauled in the running game, right? Play after play. Not even for big chunks. It's just, you know, four, five, four, five, you know, and they're just marching down the field that way. That was tough to watch, but at the end of the day, who was really shocked by it? Who was really shocked by the idea that oh, at the end of this game, yep, defense, defense got tired. I, I expected them. What w- was more shocking to me is they didn't. the The, the Patriots didn't come out doing that more because I thought that that stuff would start happening in the third quarter. I thought this game could really get away from the Steelers in the in the into the second half. If they had come out trying to run the ball that way, twelve personnel really gonna really gonna run some outside zone, make you make you work for it on a play to play basis defensively. Really felt like the Patriots could have had way more success in the second half of this game. Now they ended up winning it, so you know I guess all is well that ends well. Um, but yeah, and then I you know the other thing we haven't talked about yet is the the muffed punt. What a rat! What a rat! Gunnar Olszewski, the all pro. I mean, it just figures that against Bill Belichick, against the Patriots, you know against this team who the asterisk is always there when you play the Patriots. It would just figure, it would just figure that in that game, the all-pro player that the Steelers signed away from the Patriots, their all-pro return man, all-pro best player at his position a season ago, muffs upon on the 10-yard line. I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. But that, you know, that, honestly, you can just draw a straight line between that play and, and this game, you know, and the, the, the final score. I and mean, that's it. Once that play happened, I think we all knew, okay, this game is O-V-E-R. There's no way they're overcoming this adversity. There's no way that this offense right now and this team right now is overcoming this level of adversity. Because I I, I said this before and I'll say it again. Bengals fans had this whole saying for the past week. They kept, Bengals fans kept saying for the past week, look what it took to beat us. They would use this as kind of a point of pride whenever they would talk about the loss. They would say, Look what it took to beat our Bengals. The Steelers had to get five takeaways and a blocked extra point and a missed field goal in order to beat us. Now, they weren't wrong in saying that. I just think it's backwards. The point is that's what it took for the Steelers to win a football game. That's what it took to beat the Bengals, is for the Steelers had to get all of those turnovers and the blocked extra point and the missed field goal in order to squeak out a last-second three-point win over the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. So if you saw that muffed point and you thought, oh, no, I think the Steelers still got this one, I mean, they they could barely overcome all of the, the things that went their way a week ago. I mean, they could could barely win given all the things that went right for them a week ago. He thought they were overcoming the adversity that they faced in this game, especially at that point when they went down, what, 17-6. to Let's not fool ourselves. If this is the style of play the Steelers are are, going to employ this year, and they're not going to come off of Trubisky, and they're going to be in games late, they don't have Ben. Ben's not walking through that door. So, you think Mitch Trubisky's going down? Do you know? We thought he might be better on first and second down, but but the question mark was third down. Well, he's not better on first and second down, and third down is definitely not where he's going to be succeeding. The amount of fourth quarter comebacks that Ben Roethlisberger had last year was awesome. It's seven, seven fourth quarter comebacks last year. What was it? Four, seven fourth quarter comebacks and and six game winning drives. Yeah, I mean Trubisky had one last week. He had he had the game winning drive last week, on a, you know, on the scramble. To hit the Frymouth he's not doing that week to week this is not gonna happen so you know offensively I think that the first thing that needs to happen offensively is this team needs to needs to open up and whether that's Canada or Mitch it doesn't matter to me right I mean again I, I think to me it's, it's both of them need to come to their senses and say if we don't open this thing up offensively if we don't just kind of take our shot offensively we're gonna lose every single week we're gonna cost this team a win every single week and there will be weeks. Where defensively they can carry it like they did in week one, but those weeks are probably going to be few and far between. And in the meantime, we're going to be sitting here as Steeler fans, you know, pounding our head against the table, trying to figure out what is it going to take for this off for this offense to get anywhere close to competency. They're one of the worst in the league right now. Every statistical category, they are one of the worst in the league. They were last year. They they are again in 2022. And, the, and I'll go back to my, my 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 final point here, which was the one I started the show with. I just can't believe that they're running the same style of offense. Given that they had the opportunity to be whatever they wanted to be, you can bring in whatever quarterback you want, you can run whatever offense you want. It's a brand new slate. You got no, there's nothing holding you back here. And the choice was, now do the same stuff. <laughs> just, no, no, the the kind of very safe passing. Yeah, that's what we want to be again. Sign me up. So. All right, I know it's a very somber show, but let's let's kind of get back into the Q and A here. Um, all right, let's keep going. Um, Darwin says Trubisky is a six-year vet. He has the ball in his hand. Uh, yeah, let the ball fly. Especially, with I agree. Look, I mean, Darwin, you you and I are speaking the same language here. the 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 question I have, and I think the question we all have, and the one we we cannot answer because we can't get in his head. Why isn't he letting the ball fly in certain situations? But there are open receivers. Look, don't get me wrong. When I say that there are there aren't guys running wide ass open every play, it's because the 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 screenshots that I'm seeing, the people the the, the plays that I'm seeing getting flowing out there, those are not open receivers. Again, the, the pickens play where he's running where he's running open on the crosser, that's like four seconds after the ball's hiked. That's not his first read. That's not his fourth read. He goes to the check down because it's single high. The other one I well. Again, we'll break this down on the all 22, but regardless. Now, are there open? Are there NFL open receivers? There are NFL open receivers in this offense. Yes. Mitch can be making better throws. He can be making tighter window throws. He can try to fit the ball into some spaces with these receivers. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. And he refuses to do so. And so the question to me is Is that Mitch Trubisky just playing scared, or is that Mitch Trubisky playing in an offense where? He's being coached to play scared. I can't answer that. I don't know if it's Canada. I don't know if it's Tom. I don't know if it's Mitch. But something's got, to me, that's the first thing that has to change. Before we change quarterback, let's just figure out our, what happens if Mitch just lets it go. Because I agree, six-year vet. He understands. Look, the thing with Mitch is, if you follow where he's going, he's usually not wrong on the read. It's usually like he, he's not in a lot of situations. The one time he had that, in this game was the interception where he just, you know, I think he was probably a little early on the throw, but probably, I mean, realistically, you probably shouldn't see him. And so he got that read completely wrong, but regardless, you know, he's, he's kind of going through where he should be going through. He, he just won't let it go sometimes. Well, not, not even something. He won't let it go most of the time. Um, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, George says he has to, Mitch has to be more anticipatory. Uh, and take some chances, no doubt. Gary with the hot take. Mitch or Canada. Don't forget Najee. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think Najee's like a big part of the reason why this offense isn't any good. He Najee could be better, but Najee is caught. Like, how many more yards would Najee have had in this game if he just kind of took what the defense is giving him? You know, how many how many we talking about he left on the field? 10, 15. I think not look. Najee's going to get some slack, and he should, because he's a first-round running back, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, the whole Najee thing is far less of a worry to me than the Canada and Mitch stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, Ali here says, Tony, Dale Lolly made a good point. Tomlin likes the adult in the room feature, since the offense is so young, allowing Kenny – to see how to be a pro yeah look there's no doubt in my mind that that mike tomlin does not want to play with a rookie quarterback i it that was very clear like the first week of training camp it was okay kenny's not getting anyone any reps with the ones and in fact neither was mason i mean i think tomlin kind of went into this whole thing thinking i know what i got in mason and i don't really want to do that i certainly don't want to play the rookie so it's trubisky or bust um so, yeah, I, I look, all the things – once Kenny gets out there, you know, the stuff that he faced in, in preseason is, is not what he's going to be facing in the regular season. They're going to disguise a ton of stuff for Kenny. So we're going to find out pretty quick as far as, like, just how vet savvy or, you know, how much of that football savvy does Kenny have. Because defenses are not just going to play a lot of off, man. He's not going to have all that. You know, he's going to have to do some some really good reading at post-snap. Guys coming down, you know – inverted cover and they're going to run all the crazy stuff that you see around the league. They're going to run all of it for Kenny and they're going to make him think, you know, and they're going to, they're going to test him as far as setting protection. A lot of stuff you didn't see in preseason. You're going to start seeing in the regular season whenever he gets in there. I'm excited to see it again. I just, I, I I worry once again, and I've said this all along the process. I worry that our expectations for Kenny are too high. Doc says we're letting defenses dictate what we're going to do. We need to start putting pressure on defenses. Well, it sounds like a Bengals fan, though, doesn't it? You, I mean, maybe this is just me doing AFC North Talk. So I'm, I'm exposed to so many Bengals fans kind of, you know, wallowing in their own misery now that they're 0-2. But this is the same thing Bengals fans are saying. But the problem for Bengals fans, this is true for the Steelers, by the way. So we'll we'll get to this in a point in a second. The problem for the Bengals, though, if I can just if I can just derail for one second, th- you know, they keep saying we need to dictate, we need to dictate you really can't. They're going to sit in too high. They're going to dictate. The defenses are going to dictate, we're going to sit in too high until you prove that you can beat us. So the question for the Bengals is, how do I get a defense out of too high? And for them, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how they do it because the number one way, you you know, your coach this very early, right? Everybody knows this. How do you get a team to bring an extra safety down and sit in single high? Run the football. Light box means I run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, well, you got some problems because they're not coming out of that. You know, they're not just going to give you Jamar Chase one-on-one down the sideline anymore, right? Defenses aren't going to do that anymore. So they got some problems. Now, To back to this point, we are letting defenses dictate what we're going to do. These are putting pressure on them. Certainly in this game. I mean, the amount of single high that they had in this game, I go back to that same point. I cannot believe it is shocking to me that there were no how many how many legitimate one on one chances did did Mitch Trubisky take down the sidelines in this game? The Pickens back shoulder was one. Is there another one I'm missing? Was it two? There weren't a lot, but there was certainly opportunity to be there. And when this team, whenever this team wants to let that ball go, whenever when they're in too high, they want to start running seams with with with. Uh, with Pat or Chase in the slot. Whenever they want to start running cover 2 hole shots, then defenses are going to go, "Oh, hold on. We got a, we got problems back here." Right? Then yes, you're going to start dictating to defenses, "Hey, guess what? If you leave a if if you go out of if you go into to cover 3, if you go to single high, you better be ready. To, you better have a corner that's ready to take on George Pickens one on one cuz we're putting the ball out there. And when you go in too high, you better have a middle of the field linebacker in a, you know, if you're going to run a Tampa 2 style, You better have a middle field linebacker that's ready to take on Pat down the seam or chase down the seam. Yes. I, you know, it's got to kind of be a very much a pick your poison type of offense and it could be, but instead, you know, we'll just check it down. (laughs) We'll just check it down. Let's see. What else we got here? Well, uh, Rich, okay, let's talk about this. Rich says third and eight, just dump it off to Najee, shake my head. Now, this is where I go back to Canada. Because this, to me, is more on Canada than it is to Mitch. Or what needs to happen is, and they talked about this today, they need to start letting Mitch change the play, or at least, you know, change the hot. Because those plays at the end, the, the, the just dump it off to Najee stuff, that's where Trubisky's supposed to go with the ball. That's how the play is designed. You know, Mitch, it's not like Mitch on third and eight is just, I want to throw it short of the six to Naji and let him try to make you know make three defenders miss. But I'm I'm positive this one I'm positive on. I'm positive that given the look that that they gave him, that the blitz that they were showing, that his read his read is you go hot to Naji in the flat. Now that's a Canada problem. That's not a Mitch problem. That is a that is a Matt Canada problem 101. on one, because he's he, you either need to. You either need to have have Mitch be able to slide protection so that he doesn't have to go to his hot, or you got to figure out a better hot because if it because what what Belichick did so well at the end of this game is just get him to go to Najee every play. Oh, guess what? If I show this look, I know their their hot is Najee, and we're just gonna you know we like our matchups there. Third and eight. I mean, how many times at the end of this game it was it was two third downs? It was in the fourth quarter. The 10-minute drive is the drive at 10 minutes on the clock and the drive at like eight minutes on the clock. And both third down plays with Najee. And they were quick. They were like, bang, we're going right to Najee. And they, you know, Belichick got him out of going to Deontay on every third down. This is a coaching thing. Oh, Darwin. Darwin. I would start Mason against the Browns. Now here. Now this is a man that see. I like this. Because this I actually think it's not going to happen against the Browns. But I could see Tomlin benching Mitch and going with Mason. And I would, for science purposes, for science purposes, I would love to see Steeler fans' reaction to this because, boy, they would, wouldn't we all just lose it? Imagine that they, they make the, they, Tomlin makes the choice to go from, like, okay, we're moving on from Mitch, which again, is he, are we, do we really think Tomlin's going to make that decision after two or three games? Like, I get that it's bad and it is bad. But do we really think he's gonna make that switch after two games? Like the post-ben era is they sign Mitch. They keep him in there for like two starts, and like, oh peace. You know, they bench him during Thursday's game? I don't think so. Um. Ron says Kenny throws receivers open and look great. Look, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny is a, okay, Kenny is a better quarterback for what the Steelers are running right now. But I don't think that preseason the what how he played in preseason isn't exactly one to one. He he is a better quarterback right now than Mitch Trubisky for what the Steelers are running. Certainly, there is no question in my mind, because when defenses do give him looks that he can read, you know when Kenny under when Kenny knows the picture, he knows where he's okay. Then then it is it is very decisive and very accurate, and that's the thing that Mitch is, is neither of. The question I have with with Kenny is. When he comes in, how often are defenses going to give him a picture? And then the other part of this is, how often is Canada going to be able to scheme things where they, he forces the defense to give him a picture? Or how much of it is going to be a kind of post-snap? They look. It looks like two, now it comes into one. Or we're showing zero, we're dropping into two. Right? All these things that, they, that, that, that teams do to confuse young players, they're throwing all that stuff at Kenny. And how much do we trust this coaching staff to put Kenny in, in situations where he can be successful in those spots? Where it's not a – you know, in, in preseason, it was – it was look, it's it's preseason, guys. So it's pretty easy to diagnose pre-snap what they're doing. So. Um, well, a lot of you want – so I'm going to skip a lot of these because they're all basically uh, – they're all kind of iterations on the same idea, which is I think every Steeler fan in America – is ready to see Kenny Pickett start against the New York Jets. And by the way, put my name on that list as well, please. I'm ready to see him start on Thursday night. But I think I'm I think I'm out on Mitch. I just think from a from an analysis standpoint, I don't think Tomlin's going to do that. So uh, George says Mason has a nice deep ball when he cuts it loose. He does. You know Mason would be better in this offense. Mason Rudolph would be better in this offense. The Mason Rudolph that I saw at training camp would be way better in this offense. Way, way better because he's once again, very good at kind of, I know where I'm going and we're, you know, we're getting there on time. It's, it's, it's again, it's, it goes back to this idea of why did they sign Mitch? This offense is not ready for Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky should be leading an offense that is running so much play action. We're like setting records for how much play action we're running. Everything with Mitch should be half field reads rolled out with a chance to use his legs, right? If the, if the defender goes here, you go there, you know, and we're not, too, you know, it's a lot of high, low stuff. Okay. You know, we're going to roll you out. We're going to go here, or here, but no, instead they're going to run him in this offense where you know, there's there is like you know, it's a lot of it's like sprint, you know, this a sprint right, you know, we're going to sprint right, we're going to toss it out to Claypool, do a little, do a little, uh, you know, a little, it's like a is it called a tunnel screen? Is that the one where, where the receiver kind of t- circles around? The Deontay had that on a third down late in the game where they just, you know, <laughs> the it's it's amazing how defenders have no respect for the Steeler deep ball and just come flying down at anything behind the line of scrimmage, isn't that amazing? You wonder why, you wonder why defenders are so quick. To fly into the backfield against this offense, it's almost like they have no respect for the fact that this team could ever attempt to go deep. Oh, I love this. I love this from Sky Hunter. My dog. Let Mitch roll Jameis style. Thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, five thousand yards. At least it'll be fun to watch. Thank you. I would. If the Steelers are going to lose this year, if these are going to be bad this year, if we're going to be bad, fine, be bad. I don't care. Right? It's fine. It's post Ben era. We're supposed to be bad, but at least be fun. But the fact that they're going to be they're going to be boring and bad. Ugh. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, Mighty Zero says Canada only has 5 concepts in his whole playbook. Well, he's got mesh. He's got the crosser play. Uh what else does he have in there? Oh, they run smash a lot. Um What's the other one? Slant flat. What's that called? Damn, what's slant flat call? I can't remember what slant flat is called. Anyway, they run slant flat a lot. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I, you would probably struggle. No, no. This this is a joke, but you would probably struggle to come up with like 10 unique concepts in this offense. Well, oh, okay, pay me 10 is too low. 20. 20 unique. And you, you don't need to run a ton of stuff. But <laughs> my goodness. Um. Oh. My J mighty here says, I'll be at the game Thursday. I hope they win. Good luck, man. You're going into the dog pound. That, that is a, that's a very sad stadium. That was a very sad stadium, especially if they lose. Be careful getting out of there. I hate going to road games for this reason. The The one road game I actually had fun at was the Kansas city one, because I think, you know, I knew what I was getting myself into going to that game in the, in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs. And I think all the fans around me kind of understood why I was there. So it was, it was a, you know it's fine, man. You go to some of these road games now. I've been I've been to road games; they suck. They, I mean, opposing fan. I mean, it's just it's like I don't know. Do people just take sports too seriously now? It's like an attack on their team is like a personal attack on them as a human. It's very strange. Um, I almost got. By the way, I'm, I, the reason why I say this is went to a Jacksonville post or preseason game when Landry Jones and Martavis Bryant were there, and almost got in like three fights. With, with Jaguars fans who were upset because we were cheering for the Steelers in a preseason game. <laughs> um, Shaq Daddy says, I don't understand the Steelers being okay with mediocrity at quarterback from someone other than Kenny. This should be a valuable time for Pickett learning the speed of the game for the postseason. Oh, I love, oh, what a roller coaster you took us on there. Love that. Love that. This could be a valuable time for Pickett learning the speed of the game. Like, yeah, you know, like, if you go six and ten with Kenny, it's fine. That's where I thought you were going with this for the postseason. Love it, love it. And by the way, Shaq Daddy, you are not wrong. You are absolutely not wrong. If the Kenny that showed up in postseason shows up in this season with this defense, they will. They can absolutely make the postseason with this team. This is a postseason team. If everyone, if if Kenny comes out and can, you know, doesn't doesn't do the kind of rookie struggle early and kind of get this offense moving. You don't need a whole lot of offense for this for this team right now. I mean, you, you will probably still not beat the Bills of the world, the Bucks of the world. You're going to struggle against the Eagles, right? Those teams are still going to be struggles against this team. But, like, you know, that New England game last week, that's a dub. That Cleveland game this weekend, that's a dub, right? The Bengals coming up again, I, I, I like my chances against them. And even, even I like my chances against the Ravens too, by the way. I think this defense matches up well in those. Now, I do want to go back to this, though, because – I think you could have stopped your message here. You started this sentence with I don't understand the Steelers being okay with mediocrity at quarterback from someone other than Kenny, but I think you could have just cut that sentence off at I don't understand the Steelers being okay with mediocrity. End of sentence. Then this goes back to my the the point of I've been, I've been stressing all day today. How in the world did this team decide the offense that they ran a year ago? It's like, no, but if we bring Mitch Trubisky and they'll be, we'll be doing way better. Though what? Why does what? Who's who decided that that style of offense they played last year would be more successful if you just put if you just if you just put Mitch in? You take out Ben and you put Mitch in. It's like yeah, it's just, now it's better. do <laughs> they do? They ask more of Mitch than they asked of Ben last year. I mean, thirty-nine year old Ben Roethlisberger last year. They don't have Mitch in there. You can do all these things with Mitch. You can run. You, know, you can move the pocket around. Like how much of that stuff are they actually asking him to do? How what percentage different is this year's offense than last year? Azana says, "Do you really want Kenny in there with that O line?" Yeah, I do. That O line is not that bad in pass protection. They're not that bad in pass protection. This is not. This is this is not the outright disaster that people are trying to make it out to be on the O line. From a run blocking perspective, they have a ways to go. Some of that is, by the way, schematically. I thought this is a a thing that I thought Merrill Hodge did a great job on Ben's podcast breaking down, which is that the schematics of the running game are really stupid at times. They ran, what, did they run 13 in this game, three tight end set, and just try to run out of that? Like, they can't can't run the ball, period. So why don't I put out a, a true run set where I'm definitely not thrown into this set and try to run the ball there? We're not blocking anybody. At least, you know, for me, I would like to see this team well, it's not gonna work anyway. I was gonna say spread them out, but that you know dots in or somebody's gonna get absolutely boom roasted. And that play is probably going for, for a negative gain. So I'm wrong on that too. George says, uh, was the defense disappointing or did New England just outplay them? I would say uh the defense was not disappointing, I don't think. I, I didn't I didn't think I, I thought if you were expecting another big turnover, yo know, style. I think that that should have gone out of your I think you could have watched the first drive New England had and knew that 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 game wasn't coming because the Steelers weren't this is what I mean by when I say like the Steelers weren't trying for that I mean they weren't aggressive enough to do that they were just going to have to get Mac Jones to play awful football for 60 minutes I mean he would have had to play really subpar football cuz they weren't really putting him in in situations where he had to get rid of the ball you know quickly and maybe you know go where he didn't want to go He was able to sit back there all day. They were rushing four. They never really got pressure with four. They would bring blitz every once in a while, but they never really put him into situations where he was really uncomfortable. You would think a guy's going to throw interceptions. And so, you know, they just kind of let him, they they let Mac be Mac, which Mac is not good, uh, as we're finding out this year, or at least that offense is not schematically good. All they could do was hit that crosser play over and over and over. Just hit Levi on the crosser over and over and over. You know, I didn't think the defense was that disappointing. I thought the defense was fine. You know, for for losing your defensive player of the year and, and playing the 100 snaps they played last week, I don't I I I don't know what the expectation would have been. I guess you could have hoped that they would have brought more pressure and forced him into more turnovers. But at the end of the day, you know, they 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 played this bend but don't break style. And they ended because they thought, look, there's no way Mac Jones is gonna beat us all the way down the field. And and they were right in, in thinking that. And then the, the two scores they gave up, right? The seven, the two touchdowns they gave up, one was an amazing play by Nelson Aguilar. As I said earlier, you know, if Nelson Aguilar is gonna make that play, you kind of just gotta say, great job, dude. Awesome. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna moss a a witherspoon down the sideline, cool. Because you're not gonna do that play after play. So you got one lucky one. And then the muffed punt happened. No. Shatz says if they ever start throwing across the middle of the field, they were back off linebackers and Najee will have them. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is all, this is like, you know, it's a circle. You know, we just, we did this offense, just kind of goes in a circle of like, you know, they, they, they don't, they don't try teams deep. So teams are not, they're not incentivized to play any sort of off. they no, and there's no off cut. Why would you play off cover? You scared you're going to get beat by who? Who's going deep on you? What are they going to throw it? <laughs> and so, and so, you know, everyone's going to be. Around line of scrimmage, so all your kind of short stuff is going to get t- they're going to get tackled at the point of uh at the catch point. I mean, yeah, the middle of the field is just like it's it's a it, you know, that is just like a you know, that's a no fly zone in Pittsburgh. Uh, okay, let's keep. I'm, I know I'm over an hour, I'm going to go longer today because I, I think that this uh is a fun discussion today. Um State of the Steelers asked a good one here. Is Spillane being the dimebacker concerning to you? Is he that much better than Bush in coverage? So they explained this today. Terrell Austin explained this today. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Spillane's out there so often. But, but two things. One, he said that Spillane – Austin said Spillane's a very good communicator, and that's what they need right there because, um, you know, obviously communication being such a big part of defense right now, given so many moving parts, just go look at what happened in – Cleveland on Sunday to to let you know like if if Robert Spillane being out there stops what happened in Cleveland from happening in Pittsburgh again because we all I mean do we want to go back to mis miscommunication central out here in Pittsburgh No we do not I I remember getting on Locked On Steelers and and the old Steeler Country show and just losing my mind about the amount of miscommunication in a Keith Butler defense that's going away now good but the other thing about the Spillane's thing. They, Terrell Austin did a great job of using that to his advantage. What an awesome, what an awesome play to get to get Spillane lined up on a linebacker. Show single high, right? Show single high, and then have have Minka bail out and then come back. Oh no no, did they show two high and then he came over? Yeah, that's right. They showed two high just like they did last week against T, where he was playing the was playing the boundary and then he came flying back over. That's what it was. It wasn't they showed single? They said they showed two. And then Minka came flying back over because Mac thought, you know, Mac Mac Jones thinks, oh my goodness, I've got a wide receiver on Robert's plane. I have to throw this ball. And and you know, Minka knew it the whole way. Comes right over. So it, that's, that's just a fun. That's just Terrell Austin being cool, man. You know, know where know where your weaknesses are, and know how to get know how to exploit them. Boy, you just wish that Terrell Austin could go over to Mac Canada and give him a couple tips. <laughs> um. Ronald says, if you're going to run the same offense as last year, they should have kept Big Ben. Big Ben got them to the playoffs last year. Chubisky will not. This is another one, right? This is another one where it's like, yeah, Ben would have won this one. Ben would have won this one. If Ben had this good of defense last year. Fred, if we do switch to Kenny this year, do you think they keep Canada for another year uh, to keep stability? Boy, this is a great question. Because Canada's probably getting fired, right? I mean, under what circumstances are you keeping Canada? His contract's up at the end of this year, so it's technically not firing him. It's just letting his contract run out. But, yeah, you're going to end up in a situation where Kenny's going to have two offensive coordinators in two years. Now, just hopefully the next guy you put in that job is the right candidate. It's been such a bad run since Haley. Can I do a hot take? We're an hour into the show. It's time for a Tony hot take. They never should have fired Haley. And I know that that's hindsight 2020. They never should have fired Haley. And the reason they had to at the time was because, you know, Ben hated him so much and, like, Ben was threatening retirement and stuff. But still, man, like, Haley wasn't a great offensive coordinator. But Haley got too much. I mean, Haley got too much hate. The pitch, you know, he ran some stupid calls. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't perfect. But think about what we've had since then. uh, yeah, we'll talk about, uh, Miles Garrett is questionable in this game. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that on Thursday show. Uh, well, are we going to do a Thursday show? Cause it's, it's right before the game. Do you guys want a Thursday show? I guess we'll do a pregame before the show. Cause yeah, the game is Thursday. <laughs> oh yeah. This guy. Okay. So, uh, Raptor says they also do the shovel pass. That's right. So put that's another concept that they run. He runs the shovel pass. Oh, they run sprint, right? That's another thing they always do. Sprint, sprint, oh, they well, actually it was it's it's just sprint because they they ran sprint left this game. They weren't just gonna run sprint right. They're gonna sprint run, sprint left. Can they run that as an out and up? Are, are, do you think Canada setting that up for an out and up? Is there any chance in the world that Canada setting that up as an out and up? There's not because he you just keep running. Someone's gonna sit on it, right? Eventually, they're gonna sit on that. They're gonna, oh, you're gonna run the you're gonna run sprint right again. Okay, I'm sitting on it this time. Do you think there's a chance he's he's, he's any any chance Canada scheming that up as an out and up eventually? There's not, right? Or we're just gonna keep running. I just keep thinking that like, is this oh, are they gonna run sprint right out now? Are they gonna are they gonna get him and just get get chase out there on like a, a catch and run? What am I talking about? I gotta go watch, I gotta go watch my boy, nerd boy over there in Miami if I want to watch fun offense. Rafter also makes a great point here, which is do not forget to hit that like button. That does help me out here on the show. Uh, oh, there's some, there's some, there's some Tomlin hot takes going on here. Look, Tomlin's a good coach. Tomlin's a good coach. Let's not do the whole like fire Tomlin over this stuff. Tomlin is a good coach, but Tomlin is look, Tomlin's not infallible. Tomlin can make mistakes. I, I I think personally that Mike Tomlin is if 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 Mike Tomlin's modus operandi for the offense is don't turn the ball over, right? And so that and that kind of forces them into this more safe offense. I think he is making a mistake in that, and I hope he comes out of it. It's not fireable fireball offense. Not, oh, my good. Mike Tomlin's terrible. It's a bad decision on his part. It's a bad decision on his part. It worked. Look, I understood it. You, you, you understand why they do it when, like, you're down to Duck Hodges, you know, or when you got Ben Roethlisberger and you're pretty limited. But at this point, I'm going to say this for the 9,000th time today. Why did you sign Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> what was the point? You're gonna run the same stuff with you. You know who should have. You know who they should have signed. You know they should have signed a quarterback. If they want to run this stuff. Jacoby Brissett. You're gonna saved a lot of money and signed Jacoby Brissett to be your quarterback this year, and you probably would have had more success. Okay. Uh, wow. Got a lot of you guys there. Okay. So I I did not expect that so many people. Would uh, would be, would be on me, with uh with the Haley stuff. All 22's up for NFL Plus. I have it on. I have International Game Pass, so I'm able to watch it that way. Um, oh Jimmy, people are saying Jimmy G signed Jimmy G for this offense. I don't know. They would have done the same thing to Jimmy G. They would have done like, don't ever turn the ball over, Jimmy G. Don't ever turn the ball over. But that's like a natural, not you know, never you know. He's a natural kind of rhythm thrower. Jimmy G, I have to watch more Jimmy G. I guess I haven't studied him that way from an all 22 perspective to know if he's that kind of rhythm on time thrower. Um, no. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've reached the end of the line here. I appreciate everybody watching today. Um, I will be back. I'm going to try to be back tomorrow. I want to watch, I want to sit with you guys for the entire all 22 and break it down play by play because I watched it earlier today. Um, but I, I want I want I want to just sit, let's just sit there together. And we'll just we'll break it down together, right? We'll sit there with chat. We'll put your chats on the screen, and we'll just break down the all twenty two every single offensive play, especially the passing plays because that's the ones that matter, right? Um, so yeah, so I'll probably be back tomorrow night, Wednesday night, eight o'clock, maybe nine o'clock Eastern time. I'll, I'll put the stream up. I'll put a, a, an up, an upcoming page here so you'll know what time I plan on going live tomorrow night to talk about the all twenty two, and then I'll be back on Thursday to do the preview show, Steelers-Browns, Thursday Night Football. Is it a must-win situation? Is it a must-play-well situation for Mitch Trubisky? Is this the last game we will be subject to of Mitch Trubisky? Let's, Let's talk about that on Thursday right here on Steeler Country.